Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Farm Talk. I'm John O'Connor. Later in our programme, Stuart Childs, dairy specialist with Chagas Park for Moy, looks at fertiliser and other issues. An interesting item planned regarding biodiversity from Middleton soon. The Plastics Challenge, taken up by an Irish company, details from Mr Lee Maloney, CEO of IWFP. He has more on this uh, interesting challenge, many other items regarding farming and rural issues. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and Marine, Charlie McConnell, on 17th of March, St. Patrick's Day, announced that Ireland had secured a positive vote on the extension of its nitrate derogation for the period years 2022 up to 2025 inclusive. The statement said the conditions for this nitrate derogation include a strengthened set of water protection measures, an increased level of inspections and a requirement for an interim review of water quality in 2023. IFA Farm Family and Social Affairs Chair Ms Alice Doyle said the IFA, in partnership with HSE, is hosting an important information meeting, a webinar meeting for farmers regarding changes which have been made to the Fair Deal Nursing Home Scheme. And that webinar regarding changes to the Fair Deal Scheme will take place on Tuesday, 22nd of March, 8pm. Details from your local IFA representative. However, there is a deadline. Ms Doyle said farmers can apply for the three-year cap on farm assets if they meet the qualifying conditions, but, she qualified, they must submit their application to their local nursing home support scheme office before 20th of April 2022. And that deadline... 20th of April, 2022. The ICSA President of West Cork Base, Mr Dermot Keller, said that the Cabinet's decision to tackle escalating diesel costs by focusing only on excise duty shows that his organisation, the Irish Cattle and Sheep Farmers Association, ICSA proposal for a support payment for green diesel is now urgent. Mr Keller said the government was being hypocritical when it was expressing, on the one hand, concern about food security and then giving farmers what he called a kick in the teeth regarding fuel costs. Mr Keller said, We cannot emphasise strongly enough how much anger there will be in the farming community and farming circles if there's not a proposal on the table within the next few days to help keep the price of green diesel under control. And that statement from the ICSA president, Mr Dermot Kelleher. RSA, the Road Safety Authority, 
and FCI Ireland, the Association of Farm and Forestry Contractors in Ireland, are advising tractor drivers that so-called plough lambs to the rear of the vehicle should not be used when travelling on public roads. Work lamps, commonly known as ploughing lamps, are fitted to agricultural tractors and self-propelled machinery. These lamps generally emit a white light to the rear of the vehicle to give extra visibility when working on the farm but off public roads. Under road traffic regulations, it's illegal to have white lights to the rear of any vehicle switched on while it's in use on public roads. Mr Michael Moroni, Chief Executive, the Association of Farm and Forestry Contractors in Ireland, FCI Ireland, said, As spring work on farms gathers pace, the Association of Farm and Forestry Contractors is encouraging all tractor users to make sure that plough lamps are never used when travelling on public roads. Amber flashing lights give adequate notice of slower vehicles to other road users. And Mr Sam Wade, Chief Executive, Road Safety Authority, said... Please be mindful of other drivers at lighting up time and at night. These lights, white lights, can confuse motorists into thinking that a vehicle is approaching. In addition, work lamps are high-power lamps which could temporarily blind other road users, which he said was a serious road traffic concern. Only red and amber lights should appear on the rear of a vehicle when it's used on the public road. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell, has issued a statement regarding the recent Food Vision Dairy Group meeting. He pointed out the group had been established to advance the actions for the dairy sector as identified in the Food Vision 2030 strategy, taking account of the requirement for the dairy sector to contribute to achieving the targets set for the agriculture and land use sector in the Climate Action Plan 2021. Minister McConnell Luke indicated the group has had discussions on a variety of issues, including the calculation of the current emissions inventory, pathways to reductions in oxide emissions, and the challenge facing the dairy sector in terms of stabilising and then reducing emissions. Referring to the recent meeting's proceedings, Minister McConnell Luke said his understanding was that the meeting to date had been characterised by constructive engagement on a range of complex and difficult issues. These discussions necessarily involve open engagement on a variety of options for the development of the sector and the control of and reduction of emissions. It was, he said, certainly not the case that his department had any proposals for the reintroduction of quotas or limits on dairy production. Minister McConnell said there is no predetermined outcome involved and he has tasked the committee with reflecting on the challenges facing the sector and reporting back to him when they've considered all options. Meanwhile, in response, the IFA president, Mr Tim Collins, said there was no legal basis for any of the dairy quota models put forward by the Department of Agriculture at the recent Dairy Food Vision Group. Mr Collins said he wanted to be very clear the IFA would not accept the imposition of a quota of any kind on any sector. He recalled that recently we had the Minister calling for a wartime effort to produce more food. Now, Mr Cullen said, he appears to want to limit production. It is, he said, a complete contradiction. What the Department has put forward has no legal basis. The IFA, he said, would challenge any attempts by the Government to impose a quota on our sector. Next, Macra News.
Hi, John. It's Marie Tier, Shandun Piero, and Balancholic Piero. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Hope you've all been enjoying the festivities. Best of luck to everyone heading to the NTC semi finals, taking place in two separate venues over one weekend. So on April 2nd, it's in Athboy in County Meath, and on April 3rd, in Thurless in County Tipperary. And the final then, it takes place the 21st of May at Mullingar Arts Centre. On April 22nd next, White Church Marker will host a bingo fundraising night in collaboration with Embrace Farm at Cades County in Glenville. That gets underway from 8pm. The countdown's on to Avondue Marker's Ball. It takes place at Springford Hall on March 26th. Tickets are on sale and you can head over to Avondue Marker's social media pages for more information. Carberry Marker will host a dinner dance on Saturday, April 2nd at the West Cork Hotel in Skibbereen. That gets underway from 7pm. So you can keep an eye on our social media pages to see what we're up to and new members are always welcome. Thank you. And thank you Mairead, Mairead Tuig. The Minister for Agriculture, Food and the Marine, Charlie McConnell-Logue, on the 16th of March announced the opening of applications for the Beef Sector Efficiency Programme Sucklers that's BEEP-S as well as the Dairy Beef Calf Measure Applications for the measure can be lodged through agfood.ie with the closing date Monday 25th of April 2022. Minister McConnell said the two schemes are worth €45 million Euro to livestock farmers and are aimed at driving further efficiencies within the livestock sectors. Commenting on the opening of BPS, Minister McConnell said... That as part of Budget 2022, he had secured these two crucial schemes to ensure that our farm families could be rewarded for their hard work in driving important efficiency gains within our world-class beef sector. He said a key focus of his as Minister was supporting efficient suckler and beef farming. He said they are the backbone of many rural communities and are a key part of the foundation of our 13 0.5 billion euro agri-food export sector. BPS, he said, has proven to be a farmer-friendly scheme which provides an important income support as well as driving further genetic improvements in the sector. Minister McConnell acknowledged the strong potential for better integration of dairy and beef systems, particularly the role of dairy beef in providing a new diversification option for beef farmers. He said he was pleased to announce that the €5 million dairy beef measure and the €40 million beef S scheme for sucklers were now open for applications for this year, 2022. He said he was committed to the long-term support of sustainable beef farming supporting Ireland in our ambition to build capacity as a world leader in sustainable food systems over the next decade. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, we have Mr. Stuart Childs, Chagas Dairy Specialist with Chagas Moor Park. First of all, Stuart, welcome to the programme. Now, I know at the moment with the weather changing, fertiliser prices, a lot of people are suffering severe headaches, etc., in the farming sector in particular. But to begin with, what is the situation on farms like currently following the, I suppose, difficult spells of weather? Okay, John, thanks for having me on. Um, so I suppose it's varying, I suppose, from farm to farm. We obviously had a very, very good uh, spell of weather during the month of January and early February, and things deteriorated, I suppose, as the month of February went on and hasn't been hectic for the start of March either. So there's a bit of variation in terms of the 
uh, amount of ground grazed and also in terms of fertiliser applications and slurry applications. So um, a good few people probably took advantage of the good weather in January to apply slurry, um, but in general there wouldn't there wouldn't appear to be a lot of fertiliser spread from our uh, discussions with people on farm as yet. And it's possibly, as Pastor Patrick's day now, it's probably getting a little bit late um, and people would need to be very conscious that they'd need to be getting some fertiliser out to start to really kick that growth as such as we're moving into better weather now. Hopefully for the next fortnight, it's forecast to be pretty solid. Uh, and obviously day length is increasing quite significantly uh, each week now as well. What is the situation with fertiliser use this year, given the dramatic price increase in 2022 and indeed in previous years? So can you put some kind of picture on the situation with fertiliser use this year? The nitrates derogation should be approved, maybe, or has, is on the point of being approved at the moment, and that requires that there's a 10% reduction of nitrogen application rates on derogation farms across the country so um, that means that we are going to have to reduce nitrogen use by 10% anyway for 2022 uh, and then I suppose there's probably some may, there may be some motivation for people in light of the cost of fertiliser this year to try and reduce it further however that will have to be driven by uh, stocking rate and decisions around that it's going to be very important that people will still try to grow enough grass to keep the stock that they have because it's still going to be the cheapest uh, form of feed that they're going to be able to provide to their stock. Uh, so fertiliser use, I suppose, um, while, as I said, there will have to be that 10% reduction, the use of fertiliser is still very important in spite of the cost of it at the minute. Um, as, as I said, it's going to be still the cheapest form of feed that people are going to be able to produce. So we need to get kind of moving on that in the next number of weeks as the, as the, in, as the weather improves. Now, Stuart, the subject of nitrogen, should farmers be spreading nitrogen now? Yeah, again, so John, I suppose going back, as I said, there's a share of nitrogen in the farm of slurry gone on to a lot of farms maybe over the the part of January where it was quite good, and maybe early February as well, um, but there isn't a lot of actual chemical nitrogen, so bag fertiliser spread on many farms as yet. Farms that have spread it already will have seen the benefits of it, so there is growth from from it, and I suppose there is a lot a lot of questions being asked in relation to that early application of nitrogen at the cost of it. Is it justified? But I suppose it is it is justified from the point of view that it it is growing grass, and it's also important for people to remember that it's not that it's not that it's going to grow grass for tomorrow, but it's growing grass for a couple of weeks down the line when. Uh, we were going to need it again so it's not an instant heat at this time of year compared to what we see maybe during the summer in terms of a response rate but there is still a response to it and it is important that people do spread it wisely. Now Chagas of course your organisation is great for measuring grass and the cost of grass or promoting grass but can you put any kind of figure on the cost of grass? Now given the ongoing increases in fertiliser prices could you say what the cost of grass is now, given this increase in fertiliser? Yes, John, I suppose um, urea prices at the moment are probably floating around a 1,000 a tonne, maybe even beginning to go a little bit north of that. So that's bringing your kg of nitrogen in around two to two, or 220 to 230 uh, per kg. Uh, and in terms of the kind of current growth responses that we get at this moment in time or at this time of the year, as in around 15 to 20 kilos, uh, using the 15 kilo kind of growth rate to be to be fair, 
um, an SFY for fertiliser grass growth is, or grass per kg is costing somewhere in the region of 14 to 15 cents a kg. So, like, uh, as we go into the season and grass growth rates improve, obviously the, the, the cost of actually producing the kilo of grass is coming down. Um, but at the same time, so it, while it's more more viable at that stage to do it, it's still viable now given that the alternatives that are being fed at the minute in the form of silage and uh, high levels of concentrate are costing in the region of 25 to 35 cents uh, per kg. Like So at 14 to 15 cents a kilo at the moment, if you can put grass in front of cows, you're going to be um, at least 50% better off in terms of the quantity of it. Now, we have to acknowledge that conditions have been tricky there in the last number of weeks, but we are coming into what we would normally start to consider our normal grazing season. I suppose that early early grazing is, is, um, is can be a challenge. And it is grazing grass that was carried over from last year for the most part. So now we are trying to begin to grow that grass for the, for the 2022 grazing season. And we need to start to kickstart it and we need to get grazing it as well to try and reduce costs. What about fertiliser for silage? That's going to be a big expense. So what should people be doing in relation to fertiliser for silage making? So silage will be expensive this year, but it's important that people will go grow a good crop and grow enough of it. Um, cutting back is going to be a false economy. So like the idea that you're not going to spend as much on fertiliser for silage this year is, uh, is silly from the point of view that you are going to need feed for your stock for the coming year. So you need to know how much silage you're going to need. And as a result, you'll decide what area you need to need, you're going to need. And that's going to dictate then what kind of uh, amount of fertilizer you're going to require, or area you're going to have to stop and fertilizer you're going to require. So I suppose the only change that might be there this year in relation to actual fertilizer recommendations for silage ground is that uh, the suggestion would be that you will, will be able to grow a, quite a good crop or a, a very solid crop uh, using 80 units of nitrogen in total, including slurry. So your slurry would produce or provide your P's and K's and you could use straight urea which obviously would keep down the cost of, of the fertiliser for the silage crop again and you will be able to grow a sufficiently a good crop at that rate of application which that's nearly a 20% saving in terms of total nitrogen on uh, what would have been used in the past because there's a suggestion that at the price of it, economic response beyond the 80 units at current prices is a little bit less um, and that you're there isn't a huge amount. There's very little difference, really, in in terms of 80 units versus 100 units in terms of the crop that you're going to grow. Uh, the other advantage of that, I suppose, is that with lesser amounts applied, uh, people will, should be in a better position to cut if windows of opportunity present themselves in early to mid-May. Uh, and the other advantage of early cut silage is obviously higher quality. And higher quality silage is going to be important the coming year for for people that are finishing cattle even as well, um, and in particular from a dairy point of view, for people with young stock, we'll say for heifer rearing and so forth, as it will, if you have good quality silage, it would allow you to feed less concentrate to uh, achieve targets over the winter period. And that's going to be important, given that we're not really sure in the world context of where we stand in terms of feed availability for the coming winter. While we're okay in the short term, uh, obviously the situation in Ukraine is not good and the level of planting that's taking place there is being affected by the war at the moment and availability of, of uh, grain for feed stuff is going to be uh, under pressure potentially um, not wishing to frighten people or anything like that but at the same time it's important that if we can grow very good quality silage it could allow us up to 50% reduction in terms of concentrate required 
for uh, young stock in particular, and even for milking cows, obviously for cows that are making good quality silage, doesn't require the same level of concentrate um, feeding in order to get a, a certain level of output or a very good level of output. And I suppose the other thing is that good quality silage doesn't have to come with the cost of in terms of quantity. So there's a fine line between a good quality and good quantity of crop in, in terms of crop silage and getting a crop of silage that's of very poor quality, which will subsequently need supplementation, which is going to be expensive to make it worthwhile feeding it almost like a, sort of it's the feed value, like the idea that we're going to grow a very, very big first cut, bulk, 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 is, is a bad move for any farmer because it's not going to give them the feed quality or the feed, the, the feed that they need for the coming winter in terms of stocks still need a certain level of feed requirements so just having plenty of silage isn't necessarily the best way to to operate for them you want to have enough silage but you need to have good quality silage for them too now lime application at this stage of the year is there a role for lime application at uh, this stage of the year yeah absolutely john um to be fair there's always like there's no good time to spread lime lime can be spread at any stage of the year the tendency would be to leave it till the end of the year, generally speaking. Um, now, we hadn't uh, a bad back in November was quite a, a dry month, so people may have already dealt with the lime applications there in that sense. But if there is lime required on ground, the people are getting back soil samples currently maybe that they've taken there over the Christmas period, and there's a lime requirement on some of that ground, as long as it's not for silage in the next couple of weeks or in the next uh, few months, then lime should be applied as soon as is feasible because it has the ability to release pea that's in the ground and it'll also have the ability to release up to the equivalent of two bags of can fertilizer um, in, in to, to make it available to the plant grass plant basically by just applying lime. And lime hasn't, is probably one of the few things that hasn't really increased dramatically. I suppose there will possibly be an increase associated with delivery costs around it, etc., maybe and spreading costs but the actual lime itself is, has stayed pretty static in terms of its price for a good number of years. And I suppose if we think back to previous generations before us, they were always very good to apply lime, and maybe we need to get back to that kind of situation as well because lime is a very good natural fertiliser and we just don't make enough use of it. So the, the scope is there to use it now, um, and uh, while rotations are maybe a little bit longer as well, there's scope there, or when ground is grazed and is bare, uh, if people can get 20 acres together, they can apply, or 10 acres together, they can apply uh, a 20 tonne load to that area quite quite easily. And the grass situation on dairy farms currently, what is the actual grass situation on dairy farms currently, insofar as you as a dairy specialist with Chagas Moor Park can ascertain? Yeah, sure. As I said earlier on, John, it's varying from farm to farm depending on ground conditions, etc. So some farms have um, are nearly on tar- are on target, maybe with their 60%, 65% graze uh, at this stage and heading for the start of the second rotation in early days of April. And then there are some of the heavier farms, obviously, that haven't been out as much or are only just beginning to commence their grazing, really. And they have a nice bit of grass on farm two or three different kind of scenarios there, John, I suppose. The people that are on target um, and people that are maybe slightly behind target and people that are well off target. And all all people, we'll say the people that are well off target, will have to adjust their the start of their second rotation. They're, going to, they're not going to get to it by the 10th of April. 
generally those heavier firms anyway don't require to get to it until maybe the 15th of April anyway. Uh, I suppose the important thing is that people don't feel obliged to graze that in full first rotation in terms of getting stuck into a second round and getting on top of grass quality earlier. Um, the people that are ahead of target need to look back at what's grazed first uh, and see what kind of a recovery they have on that and bear in mind that you're looking for maybe in or around 11, 12, 1300 of a cover coming back on that ground for the 5th, 6th to 10th of April kind of period to start your second rotation. Uh, if you can't see that being honest at that stage, you're going to have to slow things up a little bit, but that might mean introducing a bit of silage and a bit of extra concentrate in the meantime. Uh, and if so, that's fair enough. And for those that are slightly behind target, I suppose, the objective would be to try to get ground grazed uh, without going too fast, obviously. And again, you have to balance that, that figure with where are you at in relation to those first grade paddocks and reassessing that situation to see is there going to be adequate grass on those if you keep going at the way you're going. So in a lot of cases, it's, it's uh, for those that are kind of slightly behind target or ahead of target even, or on target, it's a case of seeing what grass is on the farm and then dividing that area out over the next number of days. So from the, the 20th of March through to the kind of the 5th or, or the 10th of April, farmers will know their own farms in terms of when they kind of expect to hit a, that balance date. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work you really really want it all to work out while you're away monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind when all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync things just flow wherever you are tap the banner to go to monday.com this mother's day celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from blue nile whether it's for your mom a mother figure or yourself as a mom find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Our, our magic day is hard to... And then for the farms that are the heavier farms, obviously they have a, a longer window to try to get grazing done. Uh, obviously, maybe wait for grazing conditions to improve as well. But they, as soon as grazing conditions allow, they should be going full time to try and get through grass uh, as quick as possible. As I said, to try and get back into second rotation by the 10th to 15th of, of April to set their grazing season up in a good position from that point of view. Thank you, Stuart. Stuart Giles there. Dairy Specialist with Chagas Moorpark for Moy. Mr Paul Mooney, Irish Farmers Journal Land Report Editor, joins us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme. What are some of the main findings from this year's Land Report by the Irish Farmers Journal? Hello, John. A good year for any landowner wanting to sell land. 
maybe not quite such a good year for any farmer looking to buy land to expand, for example, or for the many auctioneers who would have farmer clients on their lists, you know, with money ready and waiting, looking to buy a bit of land in the locality. You know, the auctioneers just couldn't get land this year. That was that was how the year turned out. Supply of farmland, John, coming on sale in 2021 uh, fell quite, quite sharply. The number of acres, for example, a, a total across the country was down by 11%, down to 40,500. It was a drop of about 5,000 acres in total on the year before in 2020. So it's quite a significant drop. Um, and, you know, you, when you put that fall in supply of farmland for sale, John, with good demand, which there certainly was last year, only one thing could happen on a date, which was that prices went up. And uh, Nationally, the average price of farmland, uh, John, went up by a very large 16%. Uh, which is a, obviously a very one of the bigger jumps seen in the, in, since the journalists started doing the land report, and it brought the average price of farmland around the country to just under twelve thousand per acre. The exact figure uh, was eleven thousand nine hundred and sixty-six euros per acre. So that was the overall picture, the outcome of the year. Now, our listeners in the Cork area to Farm Talk, what's the picture for Cork County? Our listeners' main interest, I suppose. Yeah, well, there's some good stories in the county for the year gone by, John. Uh, There was quite a significant drop in Cork also, like nationally, uh, in the amount of farmland that came up for sale. Uh, It fell by 13%, which is a significant drop. Um, the, The drop was about... It fell by nine over 900 acres on the previous year. The total acres saw that was offered for sale last year in the county was just over 6,000 uh, acres, 6,062 to be exact. So, you know, despite that drop of uh, 13%, uh, Cork obviously would still be the county with uh, by far the largest area of farmland coming for sale uh, in the country of all, of, of all uh, counties, you know, given, given the size of the county, uh, among other reasons. Switching over and looking to uh, price uh, farmland made last year in the county, not surprisingly, the supply of farmland for sale down, demand very strong in Cork, so it's no surprise that uh, price absolutely rose. It increased by 21%, uh, the average price, compared to the average price of the year before. So for 2021, the average price, John, was €13,786 per acre, uh, well up uh, on the previous year. And which will the cheapest counties be? The lowest uh, prices for farmland, John, would always tend to be among five or six counties, and they would be Mayo and Roscommon and Leitrim, uh, for example. You know, uh, they, so the, 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 it, it would swap around from year to year which would have the lowest price. But this year it was in uh, County Mayo at under five thousand per acre. With the cap motivation for eco-schemes, etc., is there any category of buyer emerging who'd be buying land for environmental purposes? Absolutely, John. I mean, uh, every every year for the past decade and a half, or maybe even two decades, we've seen the category, the business category of buyer, become more and more and more important right across the country in buying land. Uh, so that's a broad category of, you know, the straight investor who sees farmland as a, as a, as a good bet, you know, uh, along with other property and probably stocks and shares. And then you have the business person out in, in you know, rural Ireland who might own a machinery business or a hotel. They like to buy a bit of farmland as well, maybe to 
hobby farmers and then you get the many part-time farmers John we will include them in this category as well a part-time farmer with a good off-farm job and plenty of money coming in it's not farm income so they, they would be very strong buyers and yes this year we did see a new kind of category of buyer coming in small numbers now admittedly and this was business people buying land specifically uh, planning to rewild this land or use it uh, to abate carbon uh, now typically these would be business people with big businesses their core business would be big significant businesses and what I would um, suggest is that they would see themselves having to do a carbon abatement plan over the next few years for their core business and they would use this farmland as part of that plan you know to abate carbon production and the number of these transactions now in 2021 was small. You're talking about a dozen around the country. But many auctioneers did receive inquiries from these buyers and from similar buyers. So we just want to wait and see now. Well, this, is this the start of a trend that will gather, gather speed in 2022 and 2023? With COVID-19 and the restrictions on public events, was there a huge increase in the offer of land and sale of land by private treaty? Uh, private treaty was, is always, you know, uh, the, the, the most popular method of offering land for sale. But what we saw last year, John, was a, a return of the auction, um, a recovery in the number of auctions held. They had fallen the year before because of all the lockdowns due to the pandemic. This year, auctions came back with a bang. Uh, depending on the counties we're talking about, they were very popular in some counties. They'd also be quite popular in Cork, but um, even more popular further up in counties like Westmead. There, there was a huge number of auctions. Ge- generally, auctions seem to have got on very well uh, in, in 2021, John. And a few auctioneers would have said to me that uh, they're going to look again at their, kinda, at their way of doing things, given the success of auctions in 21 and the good prices achieved. And they might maybe suggest to more of their clients that they actually look at having a public auction. And what we saw as well, John, in 2021 was more online auctions and more of these hybrid auctions where there's an auction in the room with people present, buyers present and all that. Uh, but also uh, the auction runs at the same time online. And you could have bears anywhere around the world. And I mean literally anywhere around the world. And we, we did have some sales again last year where uh, land around the country uh, was bought by somebody sitting, looking at a phone or a laptop in the Middle East or similar places a long way from here. But they bought the land uh, by bidding, bidding online. To sum up then, Paul, could you tell us the methodology? How do you form the report? What do you base your figures on, your methodology? So, John, we would track and keep a list of all the properties that come up for sale by private treaty and by auction, as many as we can get. And we keep details, for example, is there a house, is there not, is there road frontages or not, uh, is it going for auction or private treaty. We would keep those details then to try and do a statistical breakdown. Uh, and then at the end of the year, we would sit down and start pestering the auctioneers. We'd ring all the auctioneers and ask them for the sale results. You know, did it sell? Was it allowed to sell under the hammer or days later following some negotiations? Uh, and most important, well, most importantly, what the price was. Uh, and secondly, what category of buyer? Was it the full time farmer? Or was it this kind of broad business-based category? And, you know, was it, if it was a full-time farmer, are we talking about dairy or dry stock or sheep or tillage, whatever, you know? So certainly in, in, in Cork, uh, uh, John, it would have shown 
that yet again the dairy farmers absolutely were dominant to the front and, and they outbid everybody for land, including including the uh, that business category, which, you know, is, 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 is a group of people with plenty of money available to invest. But the dairy farmers uh, in Cork uh, were absolutely very active and, and were the dominant buyers. They would have bought really, I'd suggest, over half of the land of farms that sold in Cork last year. Well, that's fantastic. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Paul Mooney, Irish Farmers Journal, Land Report Editor, and you've just published your 70 pages plus report on the price of agricultural land throughout the country. Paul, thank you very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thank you kindly, John. You're very welcome. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, we have Miss Clara Lucy, Public Relations Officer for Middleton Mockburn Affirmer. First of all, Clara, welcome to the programme. Now, a very important event is coming up fairly soon. We are having our very first biodiversity talk in Middleton Mockburn Affirmer on the 20th of March, 8pm. It's happening in St John the Baptist Community Hall, Church Lane in Middleton, book P25XE52, if some of your, your listeners would prefer the air code. As we are all aware, biodiversity is the variety of life at all levels. And Mockburn Affirma is a national social club for 17 to 35 year olds in rural Ireland, founded in 1944, contributing to the social, economic and cultural and personal development of young people in rural Ireland through various social events, competitions, and as well as contributing at a national level to policy. We are a sister organisation of the IFA, who last year, Paul O'Brien, said that farmers and farming play an important role in protecting and enhancing biodiversity in rural Ireland. So on the back of these comments, when we were planning our events for 2022, one of the first events that we decided to put on, and in fact, one of our very first in-person events since the history of the COVID-19 restriction, is this biodiversity talk. So we're having three speakers. There is Karen Loxton, who's a member of CCAD's Community Development and Wild Work team, who has worked with the organisation since 2018. Her work involves social inclusion using the outdoors and nature education to engage individuals as well as community groups. Karen is an expert in outdoor education as well as well-being and mental health programs and she promotes time spent in nature and ecotherapy. So she'll be speaking to us on the night of the 28th of March about these different topics and relating back to how better biodiversity is, leads to better mental health, which is obviously an important topic in rural Ireland at the moment. So can you tell me, Clara, how many members would uh, Mockwana Firma have in Middleton? People who are only part-time farmers or perhaps have even left farming can still be members of Mockwana Firma because they support the ideals of Mockwana Firma and all of the targets they have, like this good example of the biodiversity talk. Middleton Mockwana Firma feeds into our wider region of Immokili Mockwana Firma, which encompasses all of the East Cork region. But we also have regions in North Cork, West Cork, as well as Cork City. Ultimately, Mockery Firma is an organisation, again, for anyone between the ages of 17 to 35, that supports rural Ireland and has a connection to rural Ireland. So you might not necessarily be farming. I personally, myself, am not a farmer. Um, but I do live in a rural area. And Mockery Firma has really allowed me, since the pand- particularly since the pandemic has hit, to engage in my local community and to meet other people who are very much like-minded and to make new friends in my community, people that I've never interacted with before, despite the fact that I've lived in this town all my life, people that I've never met. Um, so it is a fantastic social outlook for people, as well as promoting the different competitions from farm skills and stock judging to the personality competitions, such as Miss Mocker or Mr. Personality, which are coming up later in the year, to other competitions such as national quizzes or debating competition, which Middleton have been quite active with in recent times. Um, competing at both the national and a regional level. Do you have a Facebook uh, organised? We do. We have a Facebook page, Middleton Mockerna Firma, 
as well as the Instagram page, also at Middleton Mockerner Firm. We create an event for the Biodiversity Talk. All the details are there, including the details of the speakers, Karen Loxton and Catherine Seal-Duggan, who's a community water officer and also a dairy farmer. So she'll be giving a presentation on water quality and biodiversity, as well as how clean and healthy rivers and streams are much better for biodiversity. It'll give tips on how we can look after our natural waters so that they are of more benefit to nature. The air code, as well as the directions to the event, is there. While Mocker is a organisation primarily for 17 to 35 year olds, we'll be welcoming everyone who would have an interest in listening to this talk and um, bring along all your friends and family. It is a free event happening at 8pm on Monday the 20th of March at St John's Baptist Community Hall, Church Lane in Middleton. And there is ample and free parking across the town. So it's in more or less in the middle of the town, just off the main street. So you can park anywhere in the town for free and you will never be more than a five minute walk away from the venue. And what time would the biodiversity talk take place? It'll take place at 8pm and it'll be finishing up by 10pm. Thank you very much indeed, Ms. Clara Lucy, Public Relations Officer for Mockrana Firma, Middleton Branch. Thank you very much indeed, Clara. Thanks a million. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, we have Miss Caroline Jennings, the Public Relations Officer for the Cork West Ploughing Association. Caroline, welcome to the programme. Now, you've an update on events in the west of the county. I think you may have one or two fixtures. Yes, John, thank you. Um, Kilmeen Ploughing Match is to be held on tomorrow, Sunday, the 20th of March, that is if weather is permitting, on the lands of John and Declan Bottomer, Gera Rossmore. Uh, P85Y319. Ploughing will commence at 11am sharp and the entries are to go to Ger Collins on 087-775-1001 and they have to be in by 12 noon today, Saturday, the 19th of March. The number people should phone to make sure their uh, name is on the list of competitors. Right, they need to send their, or to give their entries to Ger Collins on 087-775-1001 and they have to be in by 12 noon today, Saturday, the 19th. Thank you, Miss Caroline Jennings, PRO for the Cork West Ploughing Association. Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme, we have Mr. Liam Maloney, CEO of the IWFPG Group. Now, Liam, would you please remind our listeners what exactly the letters IWFPG stand for? Uh, hi, John. The letter stands for the Irish Farm Film Producers Group, and um, IFFTG is the National Farm Plastics Recycling Scheme. And um, our job is to take money from the producers of farm uh, plastic products and to use that money to provide a, a comprehensive recycling service to farmers nationwide. The safe disposal of plastic is a major challenge globally. Do you have any figure for the total plastic you have safely been able to recycle in, we'll say, 2021? The latest year for which figures are available? Um, a record year, we um, collected and recycled 37,000 tonnes of wrap and pig cover waste. And just to put that into um, a language people might understand a little better, that's the equivalent of plastic from around 20 million, million silage bales. Um, we achieved a 90% recycling rate last year, so it was really a, a wonderful year, and I'd like to take this opportunity to compliment the farmers of Ireland for the the massive uh, job of work that it did last year when it came to recycling farm plastic. There's an explosion of plastics being used in farming and even in the retail sector, expansion in the use of plastic. Can we pinpoint any one particular event which um, would be responsible for this? 
Yeah, well, more and more plastic is being used all the time because it's just such a, a, a wonderful product. You know, it's it's it, it's got it's strong. Um, it, it's very difficult to break. It's got particularly fine properties when it comes to food conservation and to insulation. I mean, the problem with plastic isn't isn't the material itself. It's just that it hasn't been used in a sustainable way in most cases to date. Um, in the case of farm plastics, we've seen a big increase in the amount of products that's come on the market in Ireland over the last seven or eight years. And that's been due mainly to the abolition of the milk quota in 2015. So in response to that, farmers have um, dairy farmers have increased uh, production and obviously they're, they're making more silage and, and using more farm plastics and generating more farm plastics waste. We're also seeing grassland being managed a little bit more scientifically in Ireland now. So that's leading to higher yields of silage as well. And that's giving rise to, to more far, farm plastic waste uh, having to be managed. How much plastic would the average uh, farmer generate? We think of silage and maize growing and catering for crops that need special treatment while they're growing. Yeah, well, the, the average farmer in Ireland makes around uh, 300 bales of silage, OK? And uh, that gives rise then to around six or 700 kilograms of um, silage plastic waste to be, to be recycled. So just a little over a half tonne. Um, and at one of our brain centres, a half ton uh, costs around 25 euros or thereabouts to recycle. So it's around 25, maybe 30 euros for the average farmer at our brain centre. Now we have to buy the plastic as well and the recycling levies on the plastic, which is maybe another 25, 30 euros. So all told, the average farmer uh, in Ireland is able to recycle all these silage plastic waste for around 60 euros. Have you any figures, Liam, for Cork? We say the Cork area, the greater Cork area of Cork North, East and West. Any figures for the type of recycling which your organisation is responsible for? Yeah, well, Cork is our best performing uh, county in the country. Um, so uh, last year we recycled um, around 5,500 tonnes of wrap and pig cover waste uh, from Cork farmers. So that's the equivalent to... Um, uh, plastic from around uh, 3 million silage bales. So Cork is our, is our, our, our best performing county and it accounts for around 15% of all all plastic, all farm plastic waste that's recycled uh, in Ireland this year. What percentage overall of farm plastic uh, is recycled uh, according to your figures, uh, according to the work carried out by the IWFPG group? Well, last year, as I was saying, we had an absolutely exceptional year and we achieved a 90% recycling rate. But typically, uh, we recycle between 70 and 80%. The um, target that's set for us by the Department of Environment is a 70% recycling rate. And, you know, in terms of a plastic waste stream, that's an extremely high recycling rate. Uh, just to put it in some context, the uh, current uh, recycling rate for plastic packaging in Ireland is 31%. So, you know, the farmers are really doing an excellent job when it comes to managing their farm plastic waste responsibly. Overall, we are trying to get a circular economy going. Circular economy, that's something that the IGFPG is aspiring towards uh, helping the concept of the circular economy. So briefly, what is the circular economy and our ambition to try and create a circular economy for the efficient use of our resources left on Earth? Yeah, um, as you say, a circular economy is the buzz phrase at the moment. And circular economy is all about making sure that resources are used in a sustainable way in local economies. So it's it's trying to break that kind of that current linear 
uh, approach to resources whereby uh, uh, materials, virgin materials are used, a product is uh, produced, is used once and disposed of. So what we want to see is uh, resources going around and around in local economies for as long as possible. And in the case of farm plastics waste, we, you know, we're making a lot of progress there. There are two uh, recycling facilities now in Ireland that um, recycle uh, a high percentage of the waste that we collect. So those recycling facilities take the waste in. Uh, they produce a, a plastic pellet, and that's the building block for new plastic products that are manufactured in, in, in Ireland and elsewhere um, in Europe. And a little further down the road, John, what we'd like to see happen is that the farm plastic waste that we collect is recycled into new farm plastic products. And that would be a real um, uh, closed-loop uh, circular uh, economy success story. How can farmers and listeners find out where the nearest um, bring centre is, where it's located, opening hours and uh, possibly charges? Yeah, the, the best they can do is go on our website, which is farmplastics.ie, or they can call us at 01408-9966. Now, we're working on the Bring Centre programme for the coming season, and we expect to have those Bring Centres uh, confirmed by early April, and we'll start running them from, from early May. So if they go on to farmplastics.ie from early April, they'll find out when their local uh, Bring Centre is happening. And in addition to that, John, we, we text message every farmer on our database around the week in advance of these local brain centres. So that's another very effective way we get um, information to farmers. And your chairman is Mr Tom Dunn, a major dairy gold supplier, Dairy Gold being our sponsor. He's a major milk supplier and he is the actual chairman of IWFPG. That's right. Tom is our chairman for the last, I would say, four years at this stage. And, of course, Tom is a cork man. He's, as you say, he's dairy farming there in Kelworth as well. So he, he's adding very much to the cause. And very finally, to get a stamp of official, uh, finally a stamp of official approval, you, the, the minister, the minister of state at the Department of Public Expenditure and Reform, he has um, you know hailed your ninety percent recycling attainment as something very very good, and in general, the minister for the environment approves of uh, your activities. So in general, you have the stamp of official approval, and that has to you know, encourage farmers to rely on you to effectively and safely recycle the waste they generate. Yeah, that's right. We're actually licensed by the Minister for Environment, so we have to go through a licensing procedure every five years and, and very onerous um, targets and conditions are set for us. So, yes, absolutely, we have the, the approval of, 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 of the Minister for Environment and that, that makes sure that we provide a, a professional and cost-effective service to farmers. And very finally, Liam, could you please give us that website number or give us the contacts for people listening who want to find out more and uh, avail of your service? So that email address, etc., your website? The website is farmplastics.ie and if uh, people want to phone us, it's 01408-9966. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Liam Maloney, CEO of IWFPG Group. Thank you, Liam, very much indeed. Thanks very much, John. And that's Farm Talk. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to Barry O'Mahony and Marit Tuig for contributing to the programme. And a very special thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? 
elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.